time. I'm probably going to get sued for it's saying so, that. It's so addicting. But look, we did not start the music again. Oh my gosh. Okay, you guys. So if you All right, we, have, laugh- we are now pros. If you hear me laughing in the background, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was angry at Terry because I said I had to. And okay, if you guys don't like your body, you might get offended, but I had to fart. <laughs> and she's like, please don't fart. And I was like, are we not friends? Like close enough to where I could fart in front of you? And she... She told me not to, so my body is in pain because I sucked it back up. <laughs> but anyway, oh god, look at all those big, big volume things. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to go to my little written agenda that we did at Salem Gardens last night. Salem Gardens is yeah. fun. Yeah. So notice on iTunes when you log in to check our podcast that there's a little test podcast, right? Yes. yes. Right. And we know it's there. I did not take Xanax before recording it because this is how it goes. This is just a test <laughs> to make sure. It kind of goes along those lines. Oh my god! I don't know why I paused so much, but I did. So there you go. Just that's just a little disclaimer that I was not on Xanax. However, this evening. <laughs> There may be tequila involved. We are a little tipsy. We went to a Mexican restaurant and we figured let's make it real and fun. Exactly. So here we are. And my, my cute son Jake waited on us. And he, he did. I he did, did a knock knock joke and he shut me down. It was phenomenal and I called it too because I, I said, said I she said I'm going to tell Jake a knock knock joke and I said I'm telling you now when you say knock knock he's not going to say who's there. I thought he was going to say um, go away. Go or, away. So I said knock knock and he said come in. <laughs> So before I left, I wrote it on a piece of paper and I made Terry deliver it. And I said at the bottom of it, I win. Tell, tell your joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Yeah. Yahoo. Yahoo! I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> but my favorite. Hold on. Ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Little old lady. <laughs> Little old lady who? <laughs> I didn't know you could yodel. I'm very <laughs> You have to find the funny things in life, oh, even if it's just small, little corny Absolutely. Things. And especially after my week, because oh, I'm going to tell about yes, my week in just yes. a minute. All right. Volume of women. <laughs> I really, really don't like this topic because I've been told by many people I have a very loud laugh, but I have to be honest, looking back and, and looking at this podcast right now, the waves are like, Terry's all small and calm. And then there's Lauren! <laughs> I'm taking a picture. We're going to take a picture and post it on oh, wait, Facebook please, so you can please, see. Please don't go away. Talk loudly. You can, Laugh. You can see the volume <laughs> of my voice. <laughs> Look at it. So I'm going to be laughing like this. <laughs> because the Look laser. How, Look at how little it is when so you do little. that. So I'm going to be trying to laugh oh. and talk like this. The rest <laughs> of the podcast. It's very, see, I'm the calming presence. <laughs> My clients love me, though. We all love you. I don't care what anybody says. Max, go away! <laughs> That's her dog. All right. What is tonight's theme? Relationships. Oh, we're going to touch on relationships. And I love Woo-hoo. this. This came to me because I know a lot of people who struggle with being in relationships with the opposite sex. Like, you can't just be friends with them. It's so hard to just have a friendship with them. And on top of that, it's also recognizing the signs of a toxic relationship when you're in it because you're so close to the subject yes baby yes so all right so first subject in my little 
thingy is, or we're pausing it. Just pause it for a second. Oh, we can hear Max in the background. Okay, well, that's if you fine. hear the dog in the background, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Maxie. He's that's a Max. puppy. <laughs> he just went through a cha- transition. <laughs> <laughs> he was neutered. <laughs> All right. So his bark's a little off. <laughs> arr, arr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so relationships with the opposite yes. sex. You talk about that. Because I've always had... Friends that are guys, yes. friends that are girls, and not really had an issue with it, but you, you wanted to talk about it. I don't really have an issue with it now. I went through a period when it was like, oh, is he friendly or is he flirting? Which one is it? Mm-hmm. I would always read the situation wrong, or if I read it right and they were flirting, I was too anxious to really act on the advances that they were making. Because it was this limbo of, well, you have a really good friend, a really good best friend, and you don't really want to skew that relationship that they have. So for me, it was trying to find the balance, trying to find the boundaries, and how to read the signals. And that's the huge part is boundaries. Yes. Which I think with any relationship, boundaries. Boundaries. Big time. Oh my gosh, yes. Huge. And And when you cross those boundaries, it's the hardest... Thing to come back from because safety is violated, trust is violated, Absolutely. and it's so hard to make them feel like they're trustworthy or trusted again. Yes, ma'am. And they get angry from Could that. Could not agree more. Yes. Yes. So, so we will discuss boundaries here mm-hmm. in just a moment. Anything else about relationships with opposite sex, like recommendations or... For me, it's more of just being yourself and allowing everything to occur naturally. When you force things, there's this pressure that's felt on both ends. And that pressure makes people feel uncomfortable. There's such value in having friends from the opposite sex. You know, there's there's an intake or like an input that girls have that maybe guys don't have and vice versa. There's things that each of us can kind of gain from the other. And when you close yourself off to friends from the opposite sex because of discomfort, because of pain, because of trust issues, you're lacking some really important components of life. Absolutely. Well, there's so much you could learn about the opposite sex by having a friend of the opposite sex. Oh my gosh, yes. 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 And I can't tell you how many times I've texted one of my guy friends like, what the hell does this mean? Right. They're able to give me the guy side of it and it opens my perspective a little bit more to being less closed off and less judgmental. Absolutely. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And we'll kind of go into different types of relationships and stuff as we go forward with examples from Terry and stuff like that. Cool. All right. Next on my agenda. Yes, (laughs) I do have one written out on the back of a wedding invitation. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Narcissism. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Name name the movie. (laughs) Narcissism. Oh, God. There is a book, by the way, by Drew Carey, Dr. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew Drew Carey. Drew Carey. (laughs) Dr. Drew Pinsky. He is the celebrity rehab person, and it's about narcissism. And I would say I would highly recommend that book. He's a silver fox, and he's sexy as hell. But the Mm. book really opened my eyes on narcissism and what it really means. So I'll let Terry talk about it, and then I'll kind of put in some input from that book as well. Well, I've read some fascinating, just because I did a Mm -hmm. ton of research, because I was in a relationship, friendship, my Mm -hmm. BFF for seven years. Um, And I'm not a therapist, and I refuse (laughs) to label someone, but there were narcissistic qualities. Well, therapists don't label either. Right. (laughs) Labeler. (laughs) Asshole. See, that was for emphasis. <laughs> you haven't dropped the F bomb yet. I'm I so haven't. Impressed. I'm really trying today. I know. I'm, really I'm so impressed. But It'll fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, look at the wavelength on that baby. That was mine. That was, I'm impressed that it went up that high. 
So narcissism, yeah. I mean, we all have narcissistic tendencies. Yes. I mean, I certainly do, and I'll say, yeah, I do. It's the narcissists who say, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's that denial part of it. So yes. um, what are narcissistic qualities? Grandiosity. Um, yeah. Um, believing that you're better than a lot of other people. But from Drew, Dr. Drew, he said narcissism is self-loathing. It's believing you're yes. not valuable. And, not worthy. And not worthy enough so that you come off as you're more than worthy, but it's Correct. really insecurity that's feeding it. They are deeply um, troubled don't don't like to be touched, don't like to be hugged, don't like emotion, um, emotion mm-hmm. intimacy. Um, usually stemming from a relationship with a mother, a poor relationship. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of sad. I think they're broken souls. They're very deeply troubled and broken. It's the only, if you correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've read, it's the only diagnosis that is really not fixable. There's a few. Personality disorders in general aren't really fixable. It's part of who they are. And narcissistic personality disorder is one of those that's because really difficult. Because they don't admit, they can't yes. admit yes. that there's anything wrong with them. And a lot yes. of times they'll eventually fool a therapist into thinking... They're very charming. They are extremely they're charming. Very charming extremely they're very charming and they're very... They're very charismatic. Yes. So even therapists sometimes will fall yes. you know, victim to those traits... And usually when they pull back after a session, they're like, oh, oh, right. no. Right. <laughs> I, I got fell. sucked in. I got sucked in. Darn. And, that, and that happens to so many of us because you, you really want to like your clients. And we really right. do like our clients. But it's hard to help them when we get sucked into the personality yes. traits that we're trying to fight against. You know what's so interesting is that I had started, I find it all fascinating because the universe works in amazing ways, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And so I had started therapy. Back in 2013, okay. not because I was having severe panic attacks for 25 years, not because of anxiety, even though all of that was happening, but because of this particular person, and I called it a toxic relationship. Yes. The toxicity was overwhelming, mm-hmm. and I, I was sucked in, and I didn't know how to get out, and that is a huge part of narcissistic relationships, is that you, you are so mm-hmm. drawn in, and there's an addiction. Yes. There's an addiction there. And it is extremely difficult to break away from that addiction. And that's what I really struggled with. So when I eventually ended up in therapy for that, that was number one on the list, was that toxic relationship. But wow, did it lead me to some answers on issues that I, I had needed to talk about. So I ended up there for a reason. This person came into my life for a reason because it, I ended up in therapy that helped me make great strides. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, and, I, and you know, and that, that's a huge point to say is, you know, they want to be loved. They just don't know how to love or how to be or Correct. accept love. Correct. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with with narcissism as well is, well, they just don't love me. They're not showing me that they love me. They're not giving me signs that they love me. They don't know how to show you that they right. love you. Right. That's mm-hmm. another big... Right. Or they will, and then it's a pullback. And then it's a pullback. It's that push it's and pull. It's a push pull and pull. Yes. And so many personality disorders have that push and pull, that tug of war between Correct. wanting to come closer and afraid that fear of abandonment. And right. we're gonna we're gonna, gonna go into that. I'm gonna let you talk about abusive alcoholism okay. and I will be right back. Okay, we're gonna fix the dogs because you can hear them outside. So I apologize if you can hear that. Um, we're fixing that problem right now. Um, abusive alcoholic relationships are another very detrimental and very toxic thing that you can involve yourself in. 
part of that addiction is not only their addiction, but our addiction to want to help them, an addiction to want them to get better, to feel better, to know better, to want more. And the hardest part of being in those kind of relationships as a clinician, as someone who's also dealt with it, is you can't force the change onto someone else. You have to allow them to want that change for themselves. And sometimes when we push or pull them so much into that direction of change, they fight against it even more and they rebel. And then they cause more distress onto that relationship that you have with them because they're not following the guidance that you want them to have. So it's allowing them to have their way with recovery, even if it means letting go of control, lifting up your hand and saying, you need to hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, I'll be there, but I can't watch it as it's happening. So that, that's kind of where that kind of component comes in as well. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I was just trying to pull up a book I was reading <clears throat> that my priest actually recommended. It was Codependent No More, and I was trying to get the author oh. name. And that's another target of, we have on your agenda. I know, isn't that right? <laughs> Codependency. Right below it. Which, yes. And that's, again, being, you know, you're in a sick relationship, and I, I quote sick because the sick is not, you know, mentally sick. It's more of just the person doesn't know how to fix themselves, help themselves, heal themselves. So in a fight to heal them, they pull you down with them, and your addiction of helping them feeds their addiction of being, right. you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict. So you yes. have to make sure you're not enabling. So what, what is codependency? It's so hard to define. Codependency, I see it as you cannot function on your own and they can't function without you. You were once an independent person, but now you are one whole part. And um, it's a very, and I could be wrong, that's how I see it. It's you both rely on each other and it's not always a positive reliance. Right. right. Um, yeah, and I want to say the same thing. I'm really struggling with getting it's, this app open. It's, but. it's a di dysfunctional helping relationship where one person supports or enables another person's drug addiction, alcoholism, gambling addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. Um, the most common theme is an excessive reliance on another on another person for approval and a sense of identity. Okay. So you let's say, for example, you have a parent who struggles with um, alcoholism. alcoholism like my, my like, parent like okay so like your mom or your dad or whoever it may be and the the child will um or the spouse or whoever it may be would um appease them would, well would, i mean i think know. about my dad and my dad would um cater to my mom's yes. And, and allow yes. it to happen. My mom would go out drinking with her, her work buddies after work every night, and it became yes. that it was just a normalcy for us. And then she would come get out of her car, and my dad would say to us kids, now we were kids, it was me and my sister, uh -huh. and say, look, lo lo watch your mom walk across the parking lot. You can tell she's had a drink just by the way she walks. And so we would study her coming across yeah. the parking lot, and there was such a difference we knew when she'd yeah. been drinking. That's so and sad so, at a young age to have to yeah. deal with that. Yeah. And that's exactly a good idea, you know, giving them money, trying to set them up with jobs. Right. Um, oh, supporting them, you well, know, not act, acting as if the behavior isn't even there. Yes. Walking, walking on eggshells, ignoring the behavior is codependency. When you're not acknowledging it, when you're not addressing it, when yes. you're when you're kind of like tiptoeing around the person coming in and saving the day that's what we yes. talked about last time superheroing my situation. role was always superhero yes. even now i mean my mom's yeah. 81 and you know she has these little three months she'll go three months without drinking and then she'll go on her five-day drinking binge and you know she told me the other day i haven't had vodka in four months and then my sister told me oh. well that's because she's drinking whiskey so i just found that out a few days ago and i said 
I'm, I told her, you know, the last time this happened, and it was the most difficult thing I've ever been through in my life, but also one of the most rewarding. I said, told her, and I sat her down, and I said, Mom, I'm not coming in to save the day anymore. I'm not doing it. You're going to have to clean up your own mess. I love and you it, for that. Yeah. it hurt yeah. because to watch her struggle, but I could no longer, I was always the one that would come in and clean up the mess yeah. and make everything better again. And I said, I, as much as I love you, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge step in, in getting rid of that codependency. And that's one of the hardest things that we're, that we, you are ever going to have to do is noticing the signs of toxicity, which we're going to talk about how to identify when a relationship is draining, toxic, negative, yes. and how to pull back from it. Because pulling away from that, Terry, and for anyone else dealing with it, does not mean you're a bad person. It Correct. means you are a person who is loving, supportive, caring, and wants the best for that person. And sometimes you have to pull back in order for them to realize what's needed in that. And in that, that was life. the most difficult thing. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that you and I had talked about. And yeah. your advice to me, you know, was I was struggling and yes. crying. And it, I mean, it just, I was so torn because I thought, does this make me a bad daughter? Does this make me a bad person? Mm -hmm. To turn my back on my mom is what I felt yeah. like I was doing but have so many people you know reminding me you're actually making an extremely loving choice by yes. making her finally yes. deal with the consequences of her drinking on her own because by being there even when she's struggling by not you know by acknowledging but by picking her up she's not learning to fight for herself she has right. to learn to fight for herself right. in order to want the to survive and that's again one of the hardest decisions humans have to make is enabling is first one of the hardest things to recognize because when you're so close as a parent as a child as a daughter as a son as you know whoever it's so hard to notice that you are not encouraging but enabling because there is that fine line right. because you're emotionally invested and it's recognizing am i hurting them or am i helping them? well and, and the, the codependency part of it is is that we i wanted tranquility yes. I wanted peace and so in yes. order to avoid chaos I made it better yeah. I cleaned it up I did I appeased mm -hmm. I was the people pleaser I I was the peacekeeper that yes. was my role in the family was that I was the one who always tried to make everything better because yeah. I, I I struggled with the chaos that was coming out of it. And so that's where the codependency part comes yeah. in is that in order to make the 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 home yeah. more peaceful, we try to fix it. Yes. And at least that was my role. And th that's a lot of roles. And we'll get into that with trauma is there's this fight flight um, oh, I love freeze that. and appease. I love that. And appease is, I will do whatever you say. I will yes. do whatever you want to make it go away. I just learned that last night. When from you... me. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to touch on that. Not tonight because we have a wonderful guest star. I'm going to call you out and say your name on air. So if you hate it, you hate it. But Jen Parham, <laughs> you are not having an ideas of reference delusion. I am saying your name. I am speaking to you. We are having her on air. Ooh, I said her last name. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, can we hold on, pause it. <laughs> no, we'll go back. We'll delete um, it. We should pause it and start over. We, no. I don't want her last name on there. <laughs> I didn't even think about it.
right. All right. So we got her permission. Her name's on here. We don't have to edit it. We Yahoo. There we go. Thank you, Jen. But she's amazing. I adore her for so many reasons. She's super sassy. She'll have an agenda just like Terry. And my my mission is to get her off of that agenda and make her so uncomfortable. Um, But she's going to come in. She's a trauma. Like, she's super good at trauma. So she's going to come in and talk about trauma, parenting, all that good stuff in our next couple of podcasts. Yay. So we're going to kind of hit that next I time. love Jen. I, I think she's, she's awesome. She's amazing. I worked with her as well. She's, she's awesome. so funny. I love her to death. Yes. But, so we're going to keep that for next time. All right. So we're going to move on to our next one. Enmeshment. So enmeshment is... I know nothing about this. Explain <laughs> it to me. It's, an, it's a really well-known topic clinically, but um, civilian-wise, and I, I say civilian because I don't know how else to describe people who aren't clinicians. <laughs> right. We're right. not like army people, but <laughs> enmeshment is families where personal boundaries are diffused. Subsystems are undifferentiated and over-concern for others leads to a loss of independent development. So that's where your needs, your wants, your uh, successes are reliant on those around you. So what we like to call it is spaghetti. Your spaghetti, when it's cooked, is all messed together. It's entangled. It's hard to separate. It's, It's intertwined okay and that's what enmeshment really looks does like. that happen a lot in alcoholic homes in, uh, in addictive homes that more looks um in more personality dif- dysfunctioned relationships okay. as, as you know as far so as like like role reversal like parent role. becomes child yes. child becomes parent yes or okay. i have you know I've, I've seen a lot of um you know, um, I couldn't have done this without him and my life would just not be the same. And I, I live for him or I live for her. And you know, what you do is dependent on that person. So when you make success, it's not your success. It's the success of someone else. And so when that relationship ends, everything you've been working towards is flushed down the toilet because it's not anchored in you. Because it's anchored in someone else. It's tied to that other person. It's extremely dangerous. Yes. Yes. And people people don't like to acknowledge that their boundaries have been completely enmeshed and unhealthy. And so that's a very hard thing to acknowledge. Sure, it all comes down to boundaries, which is what we keep talking about. Which is what we're going to go into because this whole lesson is not only, lesson, (laughs) this whole podcast is not only on relationships, but so much of relationships are boundaries. Yes. And how do we even define what those are? Right. Have you had someone role model those boundaries to you? And having healthy boundaries in place. Having healthy boundaries in place. So that's really what we're going through. Awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Um... You can't fix other people was next, and I had that in quotations. Yep. So what is that? Oh, oh, I think we were talking about. Um, that was a quote from something. Um, probably my to the bone reference. It may have been. <laughs> oh yes. yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you haven't seen it on Netflix, I'm going to warn you that if you have any previous um, disorders, eating disorders, addictions, anything like that, to not watch to the bone unless you are fully recovered or pretty in control of your behaviors. Talk to your therapist. Talk to your therapist. To the Bone was a great movie, but it was centered around eating disorders. And there was some contagion type kind of scenery and imagery in it. Which can explain what contagion is. Contagion is when you are susceptible to doing something more because you're surrounded by someone who's doing it as well. So Self-harming is contagious. I was going to say, the, like the yeah. suicide, suicide thing. thing is contagious. So 13 Reasons Why was a big, um, angering movie for a lot of clinicians. And people had different viewpoints of, 
you know, um, well, violence is contagious. No, not really. Right. Um, but, you know, suicide is definitely contagious. It's glamorized. When it's, you have someone vulnerable yes. that's watching and yes. more susceptible to it's, suggestion. Yes. 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 Okay. So that's really what it means. Um, so so that you can't fix other people um, that we had talked about. That was a huge lesson for me. Goodness gracious. And realizing that as much as you love someone... And again, whether that be the alcoholic or the narcissist or whatever it is that's in your life, to come to that realization that they are the ones that have to realize mm -hmm. that they need to make the changes in their lives. They are the ones that your love can't fix somebody. Yes. That's really a difficult pill to swallow when you yes. love someone and you want to help them and you want to, I don't know, help them enjoy their life experience joy and they're just miserable people um yes. caught up in whatever it is their addiction or whatever it is they're caught up in um but all you can do is love them yeah absolutely. i mean truly yeah. and that's the answer all you, can, is. Do is all you can do is love them all right um which was the next thing we can love that's the answer that's yeah. what we just said all right <laughs> that led right into that i love it because we're going to be running out of agenda topics and you're going to see terry Freak out. And I love it. I know. <laughs> I can't wait for it. I'm going to go slow I'm down. I'm going to minimally talk. No, we so have two way, pages. Look. I, I'm going to minimally talk. That way this girl has to really like scramble. I know. You're being things. awfully quiet. I am. On purpose. <laughs> oh. Being comfortable with you before oh, getting into a relationship. Yes. There's an old gestalt theory that we use in therapy, and I'm sure you've heard of it, is you have to be comfortable as one before you're comfortable with two. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to bring in all that baggage, all of that insecurity, all of that pain into your relationship until you deal with it on your own. Wasn't that one of the Dr. Dyer quotes I posted on our Facebook page? It was page? very close to it, like, and that's why I loved it. Because yes. a lot of it is, you know, um, let's say for example, you have a parent who consistently violated your trust, consistently came in angry, consistently made you know and think and feel that what they were doing was not right was not safe, was not comfortable. If you don't ever resolve those issues, and it's never going to be fully resolved, I want to clarify that. It's if you not if you don't work through it and gain clarity on it, you're gonna go into another relationship constantly worried that they're cheating on you, that they aren't trustworthy, that the things that they are saying or doing are just to appease you, to quiet you, that they're not valid, that they're not genuine. So you want to make sure that you have resolved and have come to terms with your past and your present before you build a future and, that, and that's, that's huge that is huge yes. and extremely difficult to do extremely and that's where you have to be honest with yourself and say you know what I just don't know if I can be in a relationship I have to be alone and there's this right. idea in our culture where if you're alone you're a loser you're 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 lonely you have no friends you have no love and that's that's not true at all as a clinician who and someone who struggled with being alone I go to dinners by myself now, and right. I fucking love it. And that was for emphasis, friends. <laughs> <laughs> and was that not em em emphatic right there? That like, was C. Right? Beautiful. <laughs> well used. Uh, well used. I'm challenging myself this podcast, and I want that to be another lesson is things that are uncomfortable and things that are new are still okay. And right. that's part of being alone. And right. You have to just embrace being alone. So one of your challenges, because I love giving challenges as part of podcasts, and 
Hello, listeners. My little healers is what we're going to call our followers. Uh-huh. Respond on our Facebook when you do these challenges. We want this to be or interactive. Email. Or email. But please interact and do these things because what we give you is only going to help is if, if you follow along. Right. So your challenge is to do something just by yourself. Outside of your home. Go to a movie. Go to a movie. Ooh, that's hard. I I have yet to go to a movie by myself. I will say I'm a little anxious about that one. Go to dinner by yourself. Right. Stay off your phone. Look around. Observe. And throw yourself fully into just being by yourself. I hike by myself. Hike by yourself. I love hiking by myself. Get comfortable with being alone. So that's your first challenge with this podcast. All right. I like it. All right. I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. How's that? We'll do it together. And I want you... But together separately. Together separately. (laughs) Yes. Uh, My ball is... My my ass is still sticking to your ball. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's super sweaty and wet. All night long. So we're at the restaurant. My son was waiting on us. My cute son, Jakey. He's adorable. He is adorable. But he, he was overwhelmed because he had a lot of tables going on. And so he was serving us our margaritas and queso. And um, (laughs) Lauren looks at me and says... What'd you say? My ass is sweaty. My ass is super Feel wet. It. Feel I'm it. Like, <laughs> I said my legs. <laughs> you did not say I legs, I but I touched the back of your legs. legs. It was like my whole thigh. <laughs> All right. It was sweaty. And, my pants, and my pants are unbuttoned. <laughs> <laughs> then when we were standing in line paying, I need to unbutton my pants. All right. So you have a sweaty ass and your pants are unbuttoned. I, was, right. I ate That's a lot. friendship I right there. I ate a lot and I drank a whole... <laughs> Of sangria swirl. <laughs> I drank half of yours. You drank like four sips. No, whatever. Like sips. She's a little drunk. Are you still I, drunk? No. She's sobering up. Woohoo! I was never drunk. <laughs> oh, she was drunk. I was not. I loved it. She said fuck twice and shit three times. <laughs> That's how you know when she's drunk. I was like, oh! <laughs> she's dropping the F bomb. That wasn't for emphasis. <laughs> I said a Hail Mary afterwards. You I'm did just saying. not. I did so. I'm moving on. <laughs> Alright, so where are we? Resolving um, oh resolving relationships after death. death. So that's all you. You deal with that one. And then I'll talk about my well, what were we even talking about with that? That one was like Ooh. Yeah. 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 Oh. That's a good one. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Letters of forgiveness. Relationships oh. turn me on. <laughs> this is so I should She's I tell my me. should I tell my awesome story? Which one? About what happened with, with my murderer. Dude. It's really creepy and scary. It is kind of creepy and scary. Can you but... do it within three minutes? No. <laughs> let's narrow it in. <laughs> we got like 15 minutes left. Like, let's narrow it in. Oh my gosh, we do? We have we 15 do. minutes. Let's, All right. Like a, two, like a synopsis. A, right. Challenge yourself. All right. Well, it's just when, when someone I, has... All right, let's talk about my dad. I can't hear it. What happened? It's so creepy. I don't know. Let's talk about my dad. Because that one scares me. I just got over I it. I won't talk about the murderer. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that one later. Okay. All right. So, so my dad. Yes. So... After my dad died, like, we had some unresolved stuff, which is cool. I mean, it's fine. It's normal. It's cool. But he kept trying to appear to me in my dreams, and I kept waking up and screaming in my sleep every other night. And so um, I actually had the same psychic that I, I've seen a psychic three times in my entire life, mm-hmm. the same the same psychic who told me. The one me, that I saw? Yeah. I love him. Had told me, um, you know, your father keeps trying to, he has something to tell you, but you keep he comes to visit you every other night. And I was like, oh my God, no wonder I'm waking up screaming every other night. So I finally, you know, did some soul searching. I let him in and um, funny story that uh, he appeared to me the night before my surprise 50th birthday party and he was sitting at a picnic table. <laughs> and I walked up and I said, 
like, God, Dad, hi, what are you doing here? He said, well, Jen's having a surprise party for you, and I wasn't invited. <laughs> so I told her the next morning, and it was very hilarious, because she was like, oh, my God, your dad just came away at the damn surprise birthday party. She didn't what? tell me until the next day. But there really was a That's surprise birthday great. party going on. It was a psychic dream. And my dad came, and I said, why are you sitting out here? And he said, well, there's a party going on, and I didn't get an invitation. And Jen said, well, I didn't know where to send it. <laughs> Which is quite entertaining. Uh, I love so, <laughs> resolving relationships after death. So, I was advised to do write letters of forgiveness, yes. write and burn. Yes. And what's the trick to the burning? Because there's a trick to yeah, it. Yeah, there is a trick to the burning. So, write. Yes. Put all of the emotions in there. Yes. Letter of forgiveness. Talk about. I mean, and forgive them. Positive and negative stuff. Yes. Yes. And then, I say I say in our Father, but I say a prayer, and. Burn it one page at a time. Yes. If it doesn't burn, you have more to say. Yes. So I wrote at the a, first try. Yeah. Yes. The first try. So yes. I wrote a letter of forgiveness to someone that's still alive that I'm no longer in contact with, a, a person that moved far away to another state. And so I wrote this and I tried to burn it tonight and you were witness to that. So cool, yeah. Page one, whoosh. Yep. Got to page two, the damn thing wouldn't even light. Like two times in a row. I know. It was yeah. like, oh my God. I'm like trying to set this piece of paper on fire. You went up like three I times. I went up three times yes. and kept adding stuff and adding stuff. And finally, the it last time, and it went whoosh. Really quickly too. Yes. Yes. And so I said, oh, that's phenomenal. So again, if you have something that you need to resolve with someone who has passed or is alive, but particularly who's Throw passed, your whole self into it too. write to them and then send that out into the universe. That's Absolutely. I love it. And right. I love it. And that was from a psychic. Talk, I know. And, and, and I love it. I love it. And I've done it. And I yes. will say mine didn't burn right away and I had to go back and rewrite it too. And after and it's there's very a, liberating. It, I was gonna say, once you write it and it doesn't burn, you're like, ugh. But when you really go back and put your whole heart yes. into it, you feel lighter. So try that too if you have some unresolved stuff. Yeah. Anger, sadness, guilt, shame. Write it down and burn it. And it's if it doesn't beautiful. burn on the first try, Try again. There's no shame in it. I love it. Okay. I I loved it a lot. So we've got a few more things. Um, what? <laughs> Not till we get uh, here. That's my song. I'm singing I know. that one. I'll sing it in a minute. We have, okay. we have a special we treat have a for special you, folks. Special treat for you guys. <laughs> She's oh whispering it, which God. I'm sure you hear. The party song. No, you gave it away. Because <laughs> you whispered. You're not a soft whisperer. How many people heard the whisper? <laughs> I want everyone to get on Facebook and say, I heard it. <laughs> it's just like Moana. You're awesome. <laughs> 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 What's his name? Maui. 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 You're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> okay. So we classified the one, two, three, four, five, six, six categories that we really thought of when it came to relationships. We've got the liar, the narcissist, the taker, the giver, the believer. The dependent. And the dependent. And those are all different categories. I kind of all talk now, about... No, that doesn't cover everybody. It but doesn't. But it those covers are the main some ones. that we yes. think are important. Yes. And they all... You know, so, and I don't want people to hear the giver or the taker as, well, what's wrong with giving? The difference is you give, 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 give for acceptance, right. for love. And your, your sense of self comes from giving to others. What the problem is with that is you're not caring for yourself either. You're not taking it. You're not acknowledging what you need. You're always putting yourself first. It's mm -hmm. a it's a technique of deflecting. When you deflect onto others, it, it shields yourself from acknowledging what you need and what's wrong or what right. might be difficult with you. I think all of these are shields. Yeah. Oh, I they're mean, all they shields. Are, they, are, yeah. they are all shields. They're all, I mean, when you think the liar, 
the narcissist, the taker, all of those say to me, that's huge. It's insecurity. Huge insecurity. Yes. Huge guards. Yes. You are extremely guarded. Yes. Um, defending something, protecting something that is extremely vulnerable. Yes. And so, absolutely. And the giver's the same thing, and the blamer, and the dependent. I love you. You love me. We're a happy I'm family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? No! <laughs> Boundaries! <laughs> you don't tell people when to love you. <laughs> that truly me. I may have She killed. didn't even know it was coming. I did not. <laughs> what was the other song that was super creepy but needed to be sung? <laughs> I'm going to sing that in a moment. Okay. I loved Barney. I'm not a understand. singer. I can't wait to... I'm really scared to hear myself sing on this. Yeah, it's spectacular. It was so good. Don't I've, force your agenda on You're probably going to get people. like people to contact you to do a contract for a recording label. I'm amazing! <laughs> <laughs> you get a song and you get a song and everybody gets a song! <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> I didn't swear that much this time. I am so proud of How you. How many people missed my swearing? Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> there. You just filled them all in. Double fuck. Expectations <laughs> in relationships. Triple what the fuck. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> so I want to say, okay, so I'm going to get this wrong. I know I am. But there was a Tyler Perry Medea Broadway play where he went off script and gave this huge monologue where people clapped and gave a standing ovation at the end of it and it was all about relationships. And I'm going to get this wrong, I know I am, but I wanted to give the brief synopsis of it where it was... Your um, interpretation. Just my interpretation. interpretation. And we might go a little bit past 45 minutes, but <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. Um, so he went to say that there are different types of people in the world and there are leaf people and there are root people. And this is kind of what I took from it anyway. Leaf people are people who are seasonal. People who are only there for a brief amount of time, and after a while, they drop off, they go away, they serve their purpose, they're no longer around. Right. Root people are there for the hard stuff. They are not fair weather friends. They're there to take care of you no matter what you're going through, and they will continue to support you. The problem comes when you put root expectations on leaf people and vice versa. You can't get mad at them if they leave because that's just not who they were meant to be. Right. You have to live your life knowing the difference between a leaf and a root. And, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yes. Because I say expectations ever mm -hmm. are unhealthy. I think so too. And so yes. whether it's a root person or a leaf person, yes. there should be no expectations. You Yes. Because, and that was one of my biggest learning lessons mm -hmm. is to finally realize that I needed to really make a concerted effort to not have expectations Did you fart? of people. I didn't. It no. smells like rotting eggs here. That was probably my feet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. I just smelled. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was you. You were the one holding it in. <laughs> I might have slipped it's, out. It made a slip. <laughs> If I smell it, I it smells like rotting eggs. I'm leaving and you're finishing this. Right. Anyway, I love that. I love that, you know, part of that. Sorry. Um, I just, it just hit me all at once. It's all good. Um, but you're right. One of the hardest things you have to do as a human or as a whatever is to give up those expectations for yes. yourself and for other people. But it has as well. made my life a heck of a lot easier. Absolutely. When I don't have expectations. Absolutely. Because what comes from expectations? What's the only thing that comes from expectations? Disappointment. Disappo you took it right out of my mouth. Yes. Disappointment. Because you go, you know, for example, you might, let's say you applied for an inner office job. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get it. You know, I work really hard. There's no way that I can be turned down. You go in and you get turned down and you don't get the job. Right. 
those expectations set you up to be right. disappointed. Right. Whether or not you get the job, okay, that's well, worth disregarding. And, and true. And but it's it's also when someone sets a pattern, a precedent. Mm-hmm. So let's say, and we're just going to use. I'm just gonna let's just say I'm making this up. <laughs> this person that you you know have befriended mm-hmm. texts you every day, calls oh, you, yeah. and spends time with you. And hey, let's go out. Let's do this. And then and then there's silence. <laughs> and then you're like, did I do something wrong? Yes. What happened? Yes. What's going on? So then you say, hey, what's up? Oh, you know, nothing. You know, everything's great. I love you. Mm-hmm. All's right with the world. You know. And then it starts back up, but then it disappears again. And again, it's that push and pull. But you have these expectations that have been set up. Mm-hmm. And then when they suddenly disappear, then you become, it, you turn it inward on yourself. Yes. And so you start to question yes. yourself. What am I doing mm-hmm. wrong? What did I do to cause this? Yeah. And it, that's where you're damaged. So if you have no expectations and yes. you say... If they text, they text. If they call, it's they call. It's so hard. It is so and hard. Even as a therapist, you want to believe that you can have the good in life from your friends and that your friends have your back and want to be part right. of it. And then when they don't reciprocate, it hurts you. And there's right. a sense of shame attached to it. You know, I had a friend where I would text her randomly and she would ghost me. Ghosting, for those who are non-hipsters, is when you just don't respond and you drop off the face of the earth from the other person. Right. Um and I, I, I asked her, you know, like, what the hell is going on? Why are you so angry? And she said, well, you're just texting me for no reason. There's no reason for you to text me. We're not doing anything. And I, my, my mental response was, we're friends? You don't, really, you don't uh, really need a response. Friends just kind of chat? Friends just kind of <laughs> chat. So for me, that was telling. That was, well, you're just mentally unhealthy. And maybe I just, that was a sign of toxicity. So to kind of circle right. back around before we end the podcast, we're going to go a little bit over, but, and that's okay. That's okay. You're not going to hear us for two weeks. Ha ha ha. Toxic um, signs are when you feel drained after yes. talking to someone. When your energy is just, ugh, and you're like, I can't. Or when you're like done and you just immediately want to nap. Or you want to cry. Or you want to cry. Yes. Or when you just feel a sense of negativity present with you. Yes. That is when you are in a toxic relationship. When you're giving more than you're getting. Yes. Not that giving is a bad thing, but it's compromising. Giving and getting, meeting in the middle. Are your needs met? If your needs are constantly being bombarded and... um, Ridiculed. Ridiculed. Questioned. Questioned. Yes you're in a toxic relationship. Yes. If you have to constantly defend yourself to the other oh, person, my Lord. you're in a toxic relationship. Oh, yes. um, that could be a whole topic. It, it, it can't. And maybe we'll do a separate podcast on toxic relationships, but those are three of the main signs I right. saw a lot of is if they make you feel less than who you are or just completely invalidate you and yes. make you feel like you're not worthy or, or even criticize you, criticize you for, for everything. your good points. Yes. You know, being a glitter shitter, <laughs> being a happy person, yes. people liking you, yes, and being criticized for that, yes, that's a sign of toxicity right there. Yes, in my humble opinion. <laughs> All right. Yes, it's absolutely, and there's a difference between feedback and criticism. Yes, feedback is helpful; it's meant to improve you. Criticism right. is meant to knock you down a peg and hurt you. So we kind of just talked about our second. She's pointing at her agenda. God. No, I don't understand what you wrote. Compromising. Oh, compromising. And I'm one like, Compony Singh. What oh. does Compony Singh mean? Are you criticizing my oh, writing? We are, are we in a toxic <laughs> Watching the clouds go by, flying in an airplane, looking at the window up so very high. There you go, Barney. I got my Barney in. All right. Compromising. Hello?
<laughs> I just stared at her because I didn't even know what to say to that. I was like, she didn't even give me like a, hey, heads up, I'm going to sing right now. Um, you are a weirdo. I am a weirdo. We that is like not a Barney song. Barney. What is compromising? I, well, compromising is not just saying me, 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 me. I, it's... This is what I want, and I can do what you want. Let's find a middle ground and kind of get what we both need. There's an art to compromising, and we might touch on that in another podcast as well. But that's more for parenting than it is for relationships. Last thing. Overcoming trust issues and ending with Barney. (laughs) (laughs) So overcoming trust issues. We have a minute. Look at that. Well, we we might go over, but that's okay. (laughs) Overcoming trust issues is one of the hardest things that you're going to have to conquer. And there's no real antidote that I can give you for overcoming these trust issues. Uh, <laughs> you might have heard me whisper, but it's okay. It's hilarious um, because I know what I'm doing. And she's like, <laughs> and if you heard me whisper in the last ending of the last fucking podcast, that was meant for fucking emphasis. I, I, I know, I'm aware that I was whispering. The software is damn on point and can pick up anything. Are you um, talking about overcoming trust I'm issues? Not, because that is not what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> overcoming <laughs> trust issues, again, is going to be one of the hardest things you will do in your life. Apart from joining a therapeutic alliance, um, and apart from joining a therapeutic alliance and um, working through the core conflicts that created that trust, it's more of doing the opposite of what you're used to. When you have trust issues, when you um, flee from things that make you feel scared, you're no longer going through that discomfort. When you move around it, when you fight against it, when you avoid it, you're prolonging your suffering. There is a significant difference between pain. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not done yet. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the Oscars where it's like, and thank you, mother, father. And I'm like, oh my God. I just got the hug. toxic relationship right now I'm having some trust issues <laughs> I'm going to work through them at any second Terry might stop my mouth stop looking okay we're almost done we're almost done I promise okay so my one skill I'm going to give you and I'm going to pull from my dialectical behavioral skills is to act DBT. opposite DBT is to act opposite and it's a pretty hard skill to do but here's the main tenets when there's no threat when your safety is not in jeopardy, you do the opposite, and it's pretty damn simple. You change your actions, you change your thoughts, you change your um, response completely. Your body, your feelings, your facial expressions, your nonverbal expressions, everything changes. So if you get angry and you clench and your mouth gets tight, you relax your face, you relax your hands, you relax your posture, and you deep breathe, and you approach gently. For the trust issues, you are not going to avoid. I am going to tell you to stop it, and I'm going to say work through it. Go through the fire to get through that fire. Oh, get yourself. That's true with anything. The pain. Stop avoiding what you're uncomfortable uh, with. That's what I'm going to end with right there. Yes. I have told people, particularly this narcissist. Oh, that was my text. Good um, God! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Stop it! Good I'll Lord. look at those waves. You have to take a picture of That was of because of your laugh. Because I'm fucking What was angry. I going to say? Ending on that note, because that's what you always tell people. Is to not avoid to 
I forget. All right, well, we're going to end on that. No. Your two homework assignments. You avoid, <laughs> should not avoid, um, darn you. You're the one that had a text message. She's blaming me for her menopause. See, taking accountability. There you go. That I is take responsibility for my menopause brain. Thank there you. you Thank you. So you're, we're going to end it on this, friends. Your two challenges are pretty simple. One, do something by yourself and embrace it outside of your home. And two, to act opposite to your discomfort. No longer oh, avoid not avoid it, but go through it. Because to get through that pain, you have to That's go what through I it. said. Remember I said and to text you and she, you said we gotta use that the podcast. You have to move into the darkness yep. to get to the light. Yep. And you gotta move through it. That's a DBT saying. Yes. yes. And to clean your house you have to see yeah. that dirt. So see the dirt Clean it up and move through it. Yeah, that was Doc Louise Hay. So you know what, guys? We're going to end it there. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in two weeks. What a wonderful podcast. How proud of you for not me, for me not fucking swearing. Look at that. Woo-hoo! Oh, woo-hoo! I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, wait. Will... I'm so fucking proud of you. Ah! <laughs> Episodes. <laughs> yeah. We will see you in two weeks with a maybe, hopefully, a special guest starring appearance from Jen on Trauma. Yay. So we'll see you then. Bye, Bye. guys. Peace out. Oh, be well and... Be gentle with yourself. There you go. Bye, friends. Bye.